Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I'm here with my uh, esteemed colleague who is now, what would you call you, a father-in-law, Dodd? I that, guess so, is yeah. That, is that what it is? So yes. let's get to the real, I mean, we have a sharpening your edge with Sarah Tischer and, and Tyler Leonard's topics, you know, some of the things we really liked about both of them. It was a, those two great podcasts. Go back and listen to them. But, dog, tell us about the wedding. Well, Brian, first of all, it just uh, there's nothing prepares you for that kind of uh, experience. And, you know, right. as, a, as a father of a daughter and a son and to be able to uh, hand off my beautiful daughter to someone that I am very confident that they compliment each other and they're going to have an incredible life. And lots of great things are going to uh, continue to happen here as they grow in their relationship. It, it was just unbelievable experience. Um, I was just thinking of that as I was walking her down and just thinking of the experience that you had, you know, a little Father's Day treat that you did for your family. And one, one of the things I think when you teach and coach and do what we do, Brian, and obviously you're different because you're a business owner with Sports Advantage, and obviously I run the Fox Valley Throws too. So, you know, I, I have something there is just enjoy the moments. I think there's so many times, you know, I've known people that ah, I wish I would have did this. And all of a sudden father time goes by and, and they sit there and wish I would have did this and wish I would have did that. And, you know, I've learned a lot just from you in our relationship with, you know, if you want to do something, do it and make right. it happen. And that that's one of the biggest things I really appreciate from, from having you in my life and doing this podcast is, you know, you're not afraid to take a chance and, and do things. And, you know, if it's important enough to you, you find a way. And we always say that to our athletes and, and to our students and everybody we're around. But sometimes as adults and strength conditioning coaches, we, we tend not to take that advice. And I, you know, it was an incredible experience. And I'm just super happy for all those people that, that could make it. And um, again, I'm looking at your thing with your Canada trip. You you can chime in on, on your experience yeah. with it. Yeah, we had uh we, we both had some pretty special family, you know, time for, for the week, obviously. I uh I was able to take my dad and my three boys up to Canada, Nestor Falls fishing at Shady Roost. I'll, you know, shameless plug for Shady Roost Resort. Any of you that are looking at a place to to go fishing, uh, it was it was unbelievable. And from what they told us, it was slow, which I had a hard time believing, but one of the cool things, you know, was guided fishing. So you get to go out with a guide. And the cool thing that our guide told us, I had the same guide for all three days, really loved uh, fishing with Jason, our guide, was that he really appreciated the fact that, you know, we didn't have our phones out the whole time. You know, it's a, you know, in places like that, or even things like that, people are so used to just being on your phone and waiting for a fish to bite. And, and you know, we didn't really have cells good cell service up there. And I wasn't really in a battle to try and make sure that the kids had it. And it was just a great experience. Anytime, you know, we caught a big fish, you know, we would take the camera out and say half the time we would forget because there's a lot more fish that we didn't get pictures of. But I think that was a, a great experience. And then, you know, I was very fortunate to, I've been very fortunate to meet really cool people in my life. And one of the cool people that I've met in my life, his name is Todd Melcher. He's the director, one of the directors of promotions at Summerfest. And, you know, usually takes good care of me and, and I take good care of him. You know, it's kind of a mutual relationship with different things. And 
was able to take my wife to the Eric Church show. Eric Church is her favorite artist, and we were able to take Haley and her boyfriend, and, and just an incredible experience. But I found myself there as well. You know, you go to shows, and you know, most of the show, people got their cameras out, and they're this sad. I videotaped the entrance because it was really freaking cool. But other than that, you know, took a picture here, took a picture there, but really just tried to take in the experience. You know, I remember when, you know, when we would do things like that, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have phones out. You weren't videotaping everything. You were just in the moment. And I think that's such a great message for all of our athletes and all of our families and coaches out there is just, you know, be in the moment. Yeah, it's great to videotape your kids at bats all the time. But, you know, sometimes just sit back and watch, put your feet up on the fence and, you know, enjoy a cold beverage or, or or have a hot dog at the game or, or whatever, just, just really take it in. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was such a great experience. We had a great week. Yeah. And Brian, I love those fishing shirts. Share that <laughs> to our listeners. Maybe if they didn't capture you on social media, I know you put a pic out there, but that them fishing shirts were awesome. And who came up with the idea? Oh, my mom did. My mom did. Um, so well, there's no best. Yep, it's if we she's she's really good at that. We do that for Christmas all the time, but she made that up. Dean, before we go, real quick shout out to our man Alec Engel, who just got married as well. Absolutely. Um, so huge shout out to Alec. I actually just my phone buzzed. We were messaging back and forth. I just uh got a message from him right now. So huge shout out, Alec. Um, I know you've been playing this for a long time and and whatnot. So a lot of great things going on, Dino. Uh a lot, you know, this is that time of year right? Where there's a lot of family opportunities. Fourth of July is coming up, things like that. Get out, do stuff with your family, get in the car. You know, if your family's an hour or two away and drive over and see them, what, whatever it is, it, it, it means a lot to everybody. So anyways, let's get, let's get racking here, uh, dog. We got Tyler Leonard, you know, Tyler had a couple of really great messages that we talked about. Uh, the first one I think is really common uh, is, is don't stop progressing. And I think a lot of times we always get caught in our, this is where I am right now. Um, you know, Tyler's got a great story, you know, him and, you know, his whole family coming from a small town, you know, and a lot of times you get caught up into, Hey, just the surrounding you're in, but you don't realize that, you know, the, the world's a pretty big place and there are really good, you know, athletes, coaches, things like that out there. And you always got to keep making sure that you're working to get better. And I think from a coach's standpoint, you know, you always got to be sharpening your edge whether it's reading, whether, you know, it doesn't always have to be on strength and conditioning for us or anything like that, like personal development, leadership, things like that. Always finding ways to continue to get just a little bit better because at the end of the day, if you're not doing it, somebody else is, and a lot of times they're going to pass you. Well, Brian, you know, just a quick shout out to, to you and Sports Advantage because you're doing so many consulting now with so many schools in the state of Wisconsin. And I think that's a great example. You know, as coaches out there, don't think you know it all. I mean, obviously, this is what you do for a living, and and you are constantly evolving. And you, I know you got invited to go out and to, and check out the conjugate, right, right where it happens there in Ohio. And you know, you're always getting better. And I think as coaches, you know, we think of you know never, you know, just always getting better. You know, make sure we're progressing. It must be an obsession or regression will set in, but. A lot of things going on in life and you, you know it's jack of all trades master of none so you really have to surround yourself with lots of people that can help get the job done because there has to be that work-life balance and we just talked about that in the beginning of the of the podcast 
And I think that is so important. Now, what I noticed about it just from having the communication and the relationship with athletes, sometimes it's very frustrating on our end, Brian, is some kids that happen to be really good young think, well, hey, I'm the best already. I don't have to. Everybody's telling me how good I am. Right. But you know what? You might be the best. What I loved about Tyler is he said, yeah, you know, coming from a very small town like he did is, yeah, we can be the best in this area or maybe the best person in the family, the best athlete in the family, whatever situation. But you have to think out of the box and they had to go out and outside the area and get competition and play against better people. And then once you get there, now I'm better in my little area, maybe in the state, but then I got to keep going and keep progressing and keep challenging yourself. I think that's the the best thing I learned as an athlete. I always thrived in playing against people that were better than me. And I didn't care if I I got knocked down, for example, the game of basketball and it was a pickup game. I wasn't going to call a foul, even though, though the person followed me. That wasn't it. I wanted to be better than that. I wanted to make it and get followed. And I wasn't going to be the the crier or the whiner saying, hey, you followed me, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to get beaten down. I wanted a challenge. I wanted to play against older kids. And I wasn't so concerned uh, how many points they scored or how if my team won at that instance. It wasn't about the win or losses. It was about the development. And I think that is so important for people to understand. When I think too, you know, for parents out there, don't protect your kids against failure. Let them fail at the end of the day, especially at a young age, at at a young age, because what, what you see in sports is kids that have been protected from failure or you're a program hopper hopping from program to program. All of a sudden your son or daughter is 14, 15, they go into high school and all of a sudden now the competition is better. They don't know how to, how to respond, not like, not just how to get beat, but like how to respond when it's hard. And that's where you see a lot of kids break down. They start crying. They, you know, they want to quit because it's too hard for them. Like we have to, we have to put younger kids in harder situations and allow them to get beat. You know, don't be afraid. If your son or daughter is really good at a young age, play him up, play him up a year. Like if he's a third grader and he's really good playing with fourth graders, playing with fifth graders, put him in a situation that's going to challenge him. And then, allow them to share their frustrations with you and be there for them and, and let them know it's part of the process. Because at the end of the day, you know, when they get into the real world, they're not going to win every situation. You know, there are, there are, I mean, there are business deals and there are partnerships that, that we lose out to, you know, uh, on, you know, a pretty decent basis. You know, there's a lot that we win. There's some that we lose. The other day, if every time we lost, I put my head between my legs and pouted for two days, we'd never get nothing done. You know, SW, 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 N. Some will, some won't. So what next? Oh, I love that. Yeah. SW, 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 N. Some will, some won't. So so what next? It's a great model to live by. At the end of the day, you're going to get beat, you know, and that doesn't mean that you're not trying as hard as you can. Um, you you could be better than the person you're going against and still get beat. That's just the way sports and athletics and life is. It's going to happen. How are you going to respond? It's not what happens. It's how you respond to it. We have to do a better job with our younger people, our younger kid, everybody in society, not just athletes. It's our younger people in society, letting them know failure is a part of life and you have to respond to it. Well, Brian, and too, in the summer, what do you hear all the time? You know, this, 
you know, from parents and right away is, yeah, our, our kids won three games yesterday and now we play tomorrow and everybody's talking about the record and we won this tournament and we won that tournament. And, you know, it, to me, it's not about winning in the off season. It's about developing and getting better and having fun. You know, too many people are so worried about their records. I see sport coaches that are hyping that the record in the summer league is this and the tournaments is this. And I, I guess I just don't understand that. I get it. We play, we compete, but the off season is a time to improve and get better. And if that doesn't translate to your season, then that is an issue. That's like doing drills that aren't going to translate to, for example, from the Fox Valley throws club to the full throw. We're not just doing drills to do drills. We're picking drills that we think, are going to help us in the full throw, obviously do what the outcome is, is the throwing object, the shot putter, a disc is farther. So, Well, the other thing we hear too, Dean, right? You go up to an athlete, hey, how'd you do this weekend? I played well. I I, 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 I played I, I, well, but but we lost. Yep. I, you know, nobody cares. <laughs> like at the end of the day, like how, how did you do? Like you should be, hey, you know, we struggled with this, we struggled with this. And then, you know, I, had a, I did, you know, you can share how you played yourself. I did well, but we lost. Like you, it, you, you already have the wrong mentality. You should be thinking of the team first, and I, and that's lost in society because you have all this travel stuff going on. You have all these AAU things where it's all about getting recruited. You're trying to showcase yourself, the 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 team atmosphere, which we'll get to with Sarah um, as we get through this podcast here. Will you know is has been lost in sports. And what about this, Brian? I see a lot of great athletes, and you know they're great when the when they're having a great game. Yeah. But what about if you're a great athlete listening to this? And I think this is super important. Get your edge advice. When uh -oh. things aren't going well, when you're having a bad game, are you doing something to change your body language or change to help yourself improve and get better? Because I see a lot of people when things are going right, man, they got great body language and they're cheering their teammates on. And then when they're having that bad game, they're not doing that. They're bringing everybody else down. And to me, that's very self-centered. So when you are out there and you're competing in the summer, off-season, whatever it is, are you picking some things out there to be better? And I think that's crucial. And if you're a parent listening, I think it, it's the same thing. When, you're, when your kid's doing great and, and you're clapping and everything's going good and your team's winning and you're all happy and you're going out and getting ice cream – what are the lessons that you're trying to teach your son or daughter when things don't go their way? Right. And this reminds me when we had Travis Diener on and he talked about, Hey, when they, all these colleges are coming and they're watching you in the stands and they're evaluating your progress, they are more interested in when things aren't going right. What kind of person, what kind of teammate are you? Well, and as a parent too, how do you respond? Like, are you right up there in the coach's face yelling at him about playing time or you're not doing the right thing? Or you you put an equal balance on it. You know what I mean? Okay, now you got to get back to work. You know, playing time is predicated on the on typically the best players for the best situations playing, whether you want to believe that or not. Like, coaches don't have it out for your kids. So, you know, I think that that. But I think, Dean, you know, we're going to do a little different. We're going to go into one of Sarah's messages because it fits what we're talking about. And hers was a team first mentality. Right. We're kind of leading into this one. So we're going to bounce back and forth today for those of you listening to the podcast. Team first mentality was a huge reason why they won. And 
you know, I re-listened to her the other day. And one of the coolest things was she's like, well, you know, typically most teams have two or three kids that have really high stat um, situations in the state. And she's like, we have seven or eight that are really balanced. And because they understand that, okay, if this team is trying to stop this person, well, then they're going to do something that is a, not a statistical um, action, which is, I think she used create a lane for another person or run as a blocker or whatever, but something that wasn't even statistical to help a teammate score. And that's why they felt like they were one. And it sounded like they were very connected, which leads into, for those of you that follow Steve Jones on Twitter, all right, he had a great message on this. Connected teams are the most successful teams. Teams that are more connected and worrying about the success of the team and the success of their teammates are typically the ones that have the most success. If you're worried about how much you score and checking the paper for your stats versus the wins and losses versus doing what needs to get done for the betterment of the program, um, you're missing the boat. And, you know, I thought her message was, was outstanding with that. The other thing she said, Dean was about practice, right? Is that the, the girls that would be the practice player of the week or the best practice player typically had the best games at the end of the week. So it carries over everybody, you know, being a good teammate, working your tail off, you know, working in silence, working in, in practice, it carries over to the game. Uh, and it's a message that, it's, it's always right in front of everybody. You know, it's right in front of everybody. So, you know, Brian, the best teams I've been around and, and those ones that were able to have very successful seasons were obviously connected teams and the people that were the better athletes on those teams made everybody else around them better. That, that's always my definition of leadership. If you're want to be a great leader, you make the people around you better. To me, that is leadership. Everybody, a lot of people will say, hey, lead by example and all that. Now, obviously, you have to. But if you really, truly care and you connect with your teammates and you really want them to succeed as well, regardless of their role on the team, you are a true leader. And that doesn't mean you have to be vocal all the time. That doesn't mean you have to shout and scream and get crazy. You don't have to be the coach's pet or the try hard, or all these other different terms athletes have, you just have to be genuine. And you really have to care about everybody. And we don't see that a lot. Too many people's egos get in the way. Too many people are worried about the stats. And I thought that was the unbelievable situation right there that she said as so many of those kids could step up and be the difference in a game. And if somebody wasn't having the success, somebody else was, and somebody was having more assists and all of that. And I think that's so important. It's not like it's the NBA where, hey, if you're LeBron James, you got to score 40 points, that type of stuff. So it's not always the most talented. It's the best team. It's who can well, the play thing the best. Too, like, like she said, she, I mean, they look at all the non-statistical you know, statistical things that you can do. Um, I'll, I'll correlate this like over to baseball. You know, we used to chart quality at bats, which had nothing to do with getting a hit. It had to do with situational hitting, how to, you know, your approach, all that other stuff. So we would chart that. We'd also chart our second pitch count. So in other words, we wouldn't, you know, I wasn't as concerned with a first pitch strike, but I wanted to knew, know what the count was after two or after two pitches. So 
you know, you'd have a win if it was 0-2 or 1-1 because at, at, at a ball and a strike, you're still kind of in control as a pitcher. At 2-0, you're, you're not in control as much. And so we would chart a lot of different things, which it sounds like Sarah does too, but like, those are the things that win games. Those are the things that win championships. You know, having a 40-point scorer or, or someone that gets 8 to 10 goals, you know, those we've seen that in so many different sporting venues, right, where you can take a player away. Like you may be the best player on your team. You can get taken away, whether it's by a constructed defense, whether they can pitch around you, however it is. But what are you doing then to enable your teammates to pick up the slack for you? That That is the key. And I think, Dean, you, you hit a nail on the head. That's what leadership is all about. Yeah, and coaches out there, what are you doing to recognize those things? Celebrate your culture. Right? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing to celebrate? Because so many times, you know, those people that are getting the points, they're getting all the accolades, they're getting the awards, they're getting all the honors, they're getting all the attention. But coaches, what are you doing for some of those people that are slipping through the cracks and aren't getting all that re attention, that recognition? This is where I think you can play such an instrumental part in helping your culture and helping with that connectivity that Coach Jones was talking about, Brian. Right. I think that's, Yeah. I mean, connected teams are the best teams. And, uh, you know, obviously Sarah and, and her staff did a great job. I mean, 11 out of 16, 11 in the last 16 years, they won the state championship. So they're doing something right over there. Back to Tyler, though, Dean. Um, you know, the second the second thing we want to talk on with Tyler is really, I think, is the mid, big, biggest misconception for us that we use the conjugate method is everybody thinks of, you know, back squat, box squat, bench press, deadlift. Well, you have to teach and you can't be in a rush for kids to learn the basics. And, you know, Tyler learned that, you know, as he was in Oconomowoc, um, as he progressed through, and he's done an incredible job of teaching, by the way. Uh, for those of you in Menominee Falls that we just opened up our location, Menominee Falls, Tyler's without a doubt, one of my best teachers as a, as a coach, instructor, um, as well as a leader. I mean, the other thing that he talked about that we weren't going to get into very much is just that you have to care. You know what I mean? You have to care about your athletes just like they're, you know, your own kids. And that's something he does an incredible job with. But I think, again, it all falls back into everybody wants immediate gratification. So they want a division one scholarship for their 12 year old. They want a four, they want their 12 year old running a four, three, you want them jumping 40 inches. They want them squatting 400 pounds. At the end of the day, it just doesn't happen. And it's never going to happen if you're, unless you're taught the basics, you can't, you can't build high level, uh, results on a poor foundation. At the end of the day, you have to have a firm foundation um, to build it on. And us in the weight room, and this is, I'm reaching out to so many of you coaches, you have to coach technique hard and you have to coach it hard with all the athletes, not just like, like Dean, I know you're, you know, you're in the football and, and, uh, and throws, you're coaching everybody hard, baseball kids, basketball kids, yep. you know, volleyball, whatever, whoever's in that weight room, you guys are coaching them hard because that's the culture. Same thing at sports advantage. Um, our culture is if you're in our gym, we're coaching you hard, whether you're 12, 20, you know, Rob Havenstein, Alex Erickson, Joe Thomas, we're going to coach you hard. And at the end of the day, our coaches need to do that and need to be better at that. One thing that really drives me crazy, Brian is, and I see it a lot in different areas, but people will say, well, you know, I, I told the kids this, or I taught this, or I did this. And coaches, you have conversations and said, they'll always say, well, I, I went over that. I did this. I did that. 
my always message is you have to do it daily. Yeah. You have to teach, teach, teach. And even when these kids think they got it down perfect, one of the biggest lessons I learned when Brian, you and I talk and we we go over and we you, you talk to Leah Reichman and you talk to Queen B and some of the strongest people in the world is they're constantly teaching it every day. Right. And, you know, and the best throwers that I've met and I and I've talked to and the best coaches you have, you can't be bored with the fundamentals. No, the best never get bored with the fundamentals. You know, you, you see basketball guys out there and they're constantly shooting free throws every day. That's a fundamental. They're dribbling. Steph Curry before games, constantly dribbling. He's doing a 30-minute dribbling workout every day. You can never get away from the basics. Coach Heisler, one of the best coaches I know, who is coaches at Kimberly, that I've been around a lot of great coaches. He is so great at making complex things very simple. And then the fundamentals, you have to marry the fundamentals and you have to get them down. You have to teach, teach, teach. We're constantly teaching every day. And I think you have to do that all the time. And if you're an athlete and you get bored with that, you really don't want to become the best at whatever you're doing, whether it's lifting weights, whether it's a sport practice, whether it's throwing a shot putter, discus, or you're working on speed, you have to never get bored with the basics. Well, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I run into, Dean, in the private sector, right? I mean, you talked about Lee Reichman and Laura Phelps. They're professional. Well, I mean, professional. Absolutely. Lifters. You know what I mean? That is their sport. Okay. Strength training for an athlete. That's not an athlete sport. That's an injury prevention, you know, developmental, you know, aspect of them playing a sport. That's not really their main thing. Their main thing is a sport. And at the end of the day, what we see in the private sector a lot, and we see in high schools too, is you got all these places and programs just handing out workout cards and giving them to kids. And, you know, well, I taught it to him last week, so he should know the program. Are you kidding me? Like I, I like, like when I deal with Rob I, and I'm not like putting him on blast or anything, like I, I'm like, okay, Rob, you got single arm row, four sets of eight, this, what should I start with? Like he's 30 years old and still asking for help, you know, to make the right choices. So there's no way your 12-year-old, you know, soccer player or football player or volleyball player is going to remember from last week what they did. But just because they got a program in their hand, people think that it's high-level training. It's the exact opposite. It's just a cover-up for the lack of coaching ability that people are are trying, you know, like you say, you know, they're afraid of what you don't know. You know, coaches are afraid of what they don't know. So they try and give a program away to mask it. And then it's the athlete's fault if they don't execute it right. And then with this absolutely garbage, as a coach in the weight room, you have to be active from the minute the whistle blows from the warm-up to the minute the kids walk out the door. And then you have to review some of the things you need to change. We're constantly changing stuff. One, two, how many times have we seen this, Brian? I'll get this from coaches and they'll send me a, a picture of their, let's just use the squad, for example, because we see it all the time in all, all the weight rooms. And, you know, they'll they'll send me a video of the kid. How's the squat form look? <clears throat> well, it's not parallel. Is, is that what your goal is to get the parallel during this phase of your squat? And they'll say, well, absolutely. We always get the parallel. And I said, well, that's not a parallel squat. And they'll say, yeah, but I, I told the kid to get parallel. And see, that's the difference. If you tell them to get parallel, you have to hold them accountable to get parallel. Right. And, you know, maybe that's an uncomfortable conversation with your athlete because you're going to have to take weight off 
you're going to have to take weight off the bar and that might bruise the athlete's ego a little bit but the the whole teaching is is we're going to go a little bit backwards right now but you're going to end up going way forward by doing it correct and so you tolerate you encourage so i get so many coaches don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation that might be the strongest kid or the best athlete that they got on a team but if you allow that person to do it it's just going to multiply the whole everyone in the weight room is going to do it that way right so i you got to be a stickler when it comes to technique and that's why you have to teach it every day just like your culture you have to teach it every day and i think that's what the best coaches do and i think that's if you have leaders on your team they make sure they hold the people underneath them, the underclassmen, in the same situation with the same standards. And they certainly can say stuff too. Hey, that, that's not a parallel squat. You got to get down, take the weight off. Instead of the coach always having that, you know, that conversation. I totally let's get agree. It with some of the kids. Yeah, totally agree. And, and once you let it go once, and then you're constantly going to be fighting that battle of, well, you let him do it or let her do it things like that. And so at the end of the day, and what can also be hard, Dean, is when you take over for someone else, like maybe you're Absolutely. starting into a new, new scenario, you know, you walk into a new, you know, a, a new job and, you know, people are, are allowed to count, you know, reps that the guys lifting it off them or the girls lifting it off them, or, you know, the, 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 they're bouncing off a box or things like that. But at the end of the day, um, if you want to be a leader, you have to, you have to coach it the way you believe in it. And Brian, I've come into situations where I went from one place to another, and I know we get this question a lot from young coaches, is, well, they, I come to this school, I come to this environment, I come to this steam, and right away they say, well, you know, this is the way we've done things. <laughs> and so when, you know, you try to implement your system, you know, the kids said, well, we never did it that way. And I think that's a perfect opportunity for you as a coach to say, well, I respect the way you guys did it before. However, this is, we're going to do it this way. This is the reason why we're going to do it this way. And then we are going to make sure that we hold you accountable to do it that way, because maybe we feel that's the safest way to do it, or that's the best as far as helping you progress quicker or whatever it is. But there's nothing wrong with that at all as a coach to just say, Hey, great. That's great. But you know what? Change is inevitable. You have to be able to adapt to change. Right. So there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I think athletes, you got to have a clear mind. I don't know any athlete that came from our school and went to a different college or or maybe went at sports advantage, got trained and said they do everything exactly the same. No. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. But as an athlete, can you adapt? Can you adapt to now their program? Can you adapt to that coach now at the college? Because he's way different than my high school coach. And I think that's some of the most exhilarating things as an athlete, that when you go from a high school setting and go to a college setting or go from sports advantage, like you've had guys go to Iowa and Wisconsin, is to be able to learn and put yourself in that situation to help you grow as well. And I think that's the best thing we learn from coaches is I've learned so much from you. I learned so much from Coach Mangan. All these coaches that we deal with all the time, that's what's so fun. And we talk about progressing in growth mindset. That's how you grow. And sometimes you and I talk and I'll be like, well, Brian, why do you, why do you, why do you think that? And, and then I, I kind of look at it right away 
I think, well, I can't do that in my setting. And then after a while, I kind of look at it and say, you know what, Brian's right there. I can't do it like Brian does it at Sports Advantage. However, I can take what you say and right. implement it in my program. Right. Right. It just has, a, it comes down to having an open mind, but it also yeah. comes down to make sure you're, you're, you're teaching it consistently, you know, to everybody and making sure that you're teaching it. You know, I mean, teach, you're a teacher. That's what coach's main job is. You're a teacher in the weight room, especially in the weight room, because again, it, it, at some point it's always new to somebody else An exercise is new. You have to teach it, make sure they're doing it right to get the effect, whether it's a main exercise, like a squat or a deadlift, or even like a banded leg curl, making sure the kids are doing the exercise, right. You know, the best, the best exercises are the ones that kids can execute. So make sure they're doing, doing it, doing it right. Excuse me. Yeah. And the last one here with Sarah back to Sarah here and she, just an incredible message point here. I mean, you really love this one, Dean, and it's just basically show up and make sure you're having fun. And there will be good days and there'll be bad days. And we see this again, come, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's amazing, Dean, how all this stuff just really all comes together from all of our different guests. But at the end of the day, you're, you're going to get beat. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad day of practice. You know, you're going to miss layups. You're going to miss shots. You're going to miss extra points if you're a kicker. Um, but you still got to come back the next day. You same thing in the weight room. You know, you may not have a great time on your flying 10. You got to come back the next day and get back to work. You know, think of all, you know, look at all the missed shots that Kobe had at the end of a, at the end of games or even Jordan, you know, guys like that. Like, do you think like they went in and they're like, well, I'm done. I'm not, you know, this is done. No, they went back and they got back to work. And at the end of the day, that that's a message that needs to get sent to young people and coaches as well. You know, I, I see it so often, like I'll talk to coaches on a Saturday morning and they're in the tank, you know, because they got beat Friday night. Well, Jesus, like you can't expect your kids to rebound if you can, you know. And so, again, show up, just keep yeah. showing up. And and the best people, the most successful people in the world are the ones that keep showing up. I mean, the greatest things that have ever been invented in the world are from people that are tired. They're worn down. They've tried many times and failed. But at the end of the day, you know, they just keep showing up every single day and trying something different, trying something new. Oh, this worked. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to change this. So if you stop showing up, you have no chance to win or be successful. That's that's guaranteed. Brian, you know, I love you know going back to our first or our second guest, Steve Jones. It's watering it. You yeah. have to continually Heard show it. up. You have to continually show up. You have to water it, and hey, in some some days are going to be better than others. But you know that that's the way everything is in life, and that, that's why you know unfortunately we see so many people. If something doesn't come, you know, and if the, if the first time you do something and that experience has a little bit of negativity or a little bit of failure, we run, we run from it instead of just giving it some time. You know, you look at a person that. You know, a little toddler, how many times do they fall before they can actually start to walk? You have to just keep trying and keep watering it and keep pounding the stone, whatever you got to do. And I see too many athletes at the high school level, Brian, is they quit. Right yeah. when you can just see it as a sport coach, we see it. And we just see it all. Oh, just keep, hey, just keep working. Good things are going to happen. And then the athlete, oh, I got a job now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try this sport now. I, I'm going to, you know, th there's an excuse. I got a girlfriend now. 
oh, I'm going to do an apprenticeship, and they quit. And they're just on the verge of really honing in and having the great experience that they're about to do it. But it starts to get too hard, and then they just give up. Just give up. What if what if people just did that and everything they did in life? Yeah, it, there'd be no cars, there'd be no hard. telephone, there'd be no lights, everybody'd be living Nothing. with candles, you know, I mean, things like that. I mean, it, it, it's, but the funny thing is, is, Dean, is like people can continually share these messages and people will, you know, just kind of push them off to the side. I mean, it's real life talk that we're talking about right here. So, you know, yeah, we're, you know, we're giving advice on strength and conditioning and sports and, and 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 athletes and stuff like that but guys like this applies to your real to your life i mean it, it's your day-to-day -day operation you know how are you going to get better every single day and how are you just going to keep showing up how are you just going to keep showing up because at the end of the day and i shared this on my instagram post you know for those of you that don't follow me on instagram brianbot23 um everybody overestimates what they can do in three to six months and they underestimate what they can do in five years. And at the end of the day, like three to six months for us, you know, at Sports Advantage, great. Maybe we'll open a new gym. Maybe we won't. But in five years, we're going to open like eight to 10. You know what I mean? And we're going to have a, a ton of schools because the ones we have right now are getting after it and getting better. So a lot of you out there that are at different schools, I would hop on our consulting train because it's it's going to revolutionize training in the state of Wisconsin. And I already believe that in five years, I already know what the numbers are going to be. It's going to be astronomical. But if I'm like, oh, you know, we only got this many schools or we only have this many gyms and I compare myself to someone else, you know, I just lay in bed all day, you know, and I cry and feel bad for myself. But you can't you show up, understand what the vision is and keep working. Dog. Got anything else? No, Brian, that's just incredible. And I just want everybody out there, listeners, I know life gets crazy in the summer. But make sure you really enjoy that family time. We talked about that, Brian, with Canada. I had an outstanding uh, situation with uh, being able to walk my daughter down the aisle. You know, so just really cherish those moments. I always tell that to athletes. You know, don't feel like, you know, you can never take a vacation. Parents, kids, oh, I, I encourage them to. And what I have witnessed as a coach, even in my Fox Rose Club, People come back from a vacation. There is so much better focus yeah. when they start back up again. There's so much better, more energy. So don't feel like, hey, missing this tournament, missing that. You know, I was just talking to somebody just recently in the last couple of weeks and, and their kid was injured. And well, we just gotta, we just gotta get through this tournament because next week's a really big tournament. You know what? At at, at sixth grade, whatever, whatever level you are at. If you can't play in a tournament, you can't play in a game. No one's really going to remember it after a couple months anyway. Right. You know, so are, are you really doing what's best for your situation? And and that would be my challenge. Don't, you know, take away family time. Enjoy it, parents. It's in, very important. I always talk about, you know, if you're a, you're a father, you're, you're a mother, have those individual times with your kids. I think that is so, so important. Well, I, I would suck in that, Dean. And, and I'd also say share the show. I mean, this was, there's a lot of great information here for parents, kids, coaches, um, you know, continue to share our show. Hopefully the message is getting out. Um, I know it is because we're getting a lot of messages from a lot of new people um, thanking us for, you know, for the show, but also, you know, with questions and thoughts and 
things like that. So continue to share the show. Um, a little, little nugget here, Dean. We're going to have our grand opening in Menominee Falls on July 25th um, in Menominee Falls. Uh, Joe will be there uh, with a meet and greet, and we'll have a couple other special guests there for meet and greets, things like that. But continue to share the show. Um, keep working over the summer. Keep showing up. You know, if you, if you take anything from this one, you know, just keep showing up, keep watering it, and keep working to get yourself better. We will see you next time. Chop it. Chop it. <laughs>